It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's midweek, episode number 197 with Sam Ekstrom and Sage Rosenfels at Sam Ekstrom at Sage Rosenfels 18. Sage, we didn't have you on Monday or Tuesday, so we missed out on any Mother's Day sentiments, but I'll give you a chance to belatedly uh, wish your mom a happy Mother's Day if you'd like that opportunity. Uh, happy belated Mother's Day <laughs> to my mom. I was actually on with Paul Allen on Monday, so, uh, you know, Paul didn't have any. We we had a lot of other things to talk about. We I've been on a show in a while, so we didn't have a chance to wish my mother a happy Mother's Day, so thank you. Absolutely. I heard that segment with Paul Allen. Loved the cold call with Dave Simonette. And it, it got me wondering, how did you get connected to Trampled by Turtles? When did you discover their music? Because I know they're a local treasure, but you only spent a couple of years here in Minnesota. So how did you uh, find them? Um, when, I, when I was up there, I, somebody introduced me to them. And I had following them on Twitter. And, and it was about to go to a show, uh, actually, in Des Moines. And they were playing in Des Moines. And I tweeted something like, looking forward to going to you know the Trample by Turtle show on Saturday night. And sure enough, they, you know, Dave Simonette followed me back through the Trample by Turtle uh, uh, account. And we started, you know, I followed him. We started chatting on the back end. He's like, hey, if you need tickets or whatever, he sort of hooked it up with the tickets. He's a big, you know, they're all big uh, Minnesota sports fans. So Twins, uh, Vikings, Wild, Timberwolves, I mean, they really pay attention to to all the teams, especially Dave Simnett, the lead singer. So, um, yeah, I ended up meeting them after the show, hanging out after the show, and, and have been to multiple shows since. And, and uh, now I guess I consider Dave a friend. We go out to, for a drink every once in a while or, or say hello, but I, I try to get to, it seems like, one or two concerts a year. Uh, they're taking a little break right now. Simonette's uh, starting a new band called Dead Man Winter, uh, which he's sort of starting up. They were actually on, um, I believe they were on Conan about a month ago. And uh, so that's a new project that he's got going on. And, and yeah, and I got, obviously, Paul Allen into it. Paul's been to uh, a show or two. Um, uh, Palomino, which is the festival they throw every summer. I got PA involved, and PA goes, obviously, Michael Russo, is he's the huge fan. I mean, Russo's mm-hmm. been to, like, 100 concerts. He's seen him play over and over and over. So he's sort of the original uh, now I got PA a little bit more involved, and yeah, Paul just, you know, it's the off season, so I mean, he's talking for three hours every single day. You can't always talk about sports the whole time, you know how PA is. And so next, you know, we get Dave Simnet on a phone call, and he answers, and sure enough, he was listening to his show. 
Yeah, it was a great segment. Very good radio. I didn't know that they got robbed in St. Louis either. I mean, I know PA I was giving you a hard either. time, I thought, but that, I, felt, I felt terrible. That was news to me. Yeah, that's uh, that's a shame. Hopefully, it sounds like they recovered nicely though after contributions from a lot of philanthropists. So that's great. You wrote a story this week, football related. Getting back on topic here about quarterbacks, as you do typically for the Score.com, ranking the four worst quarterback situations in football. I think Vikings fans should feel fortunate that they are not on this list because it could be much, much worse as you lay out in this article. Well, the Vikings fans have really two quarterbacks, you could say, two starters right now. But the the concern is that in one year, do they have any starters, you know, on the roster? This is Bradford's last year. What's going to happen with Teddy? But I was, yeah, I was sort of, you know, everyone talks about how, I've been. I read a couple articles about just how bad the Jets' quarterback situation is, and I started thinking, well, what are the teams that you know didn't go out in free agency and get anybody big? Uh, teams that didn't uh, draft anybody really high, um, and then let's look at their quarterback situation. So, you know, obviously teams like Houston, they've got a young kid, Deshaun Watson, but I sort of consider their quarterback situation set for for this year because they have this first round draft pick. So I, I start off with the Jets. You know, they've got, they've got Josh McCown, who has been this vet that's been around for a long, long time. I, I very much respect Josh. But, you know, he's probably 38 years old is my guess. I think he's about a year, maybe two younger than me, and I'm 39. So he's 37, 38 years old, and which, which is fine. I mean, there's, you know, guys like Kurt Warner and guys like Favre and, uh, and on and on had, you know, Peyton Manning had some really good years in their, in their late 30s, but the difference is, you know, the, Josh McCown's not a future Hall of Famer. He hasn't been to multiple Pro Bowls. He's never really, you know, led his team to the playoffs. So they have this old vet who really is sort of this career journeyman, you know, backup sort of starter, uh, which isn't the type of, you know, uh, old vet that you want as your starting quarterback. He'd be great to have in the roster, but maybe not their starting quarterback for 16 games. The two kids behind him are, you know, very, very young, uh, Bryce Petty and, and uh, Hackenberg from Penn State, and Hackenberg played zero last year despite being a second-round draft pick, uh, and Bryce Pay didn't play very well last year. So uh, they really have almost nothing at the quarterback position as far as uh, you know, high-level experience or, or somebody that they can look to the future and be really excited about. It is so devastating if you don't have a quarterback, and for years at a time, too, because I, I feel like sometimes a team can have all the talent in the world. Kind of the ceiling, I think, for a team without a good quarterback is what Houston was last year. What were they, 9-7? and seven, Pretty good defense, good playmakers on offense, but no quarterback to get them the ball. And they still won a division, albeit a bad division, and they got a playoff win. But that's about as far as a team without a good quarterback can take you. And, and many times it's worse. Many times teams will rebuild and break down the rest of the group as they search for that quarterback, because sometimes it all hinges on one guy. And if you look at the reverse situation, take a look at Indianapolis for a couple of years back. I mean, they had luck and really not much else. The defense wasn't that great and the offense wasn't that great around him, but having a good quarterback got them to several playoff appearances in a row an AFC championship appearance in the deflate gate year. The discrepancy of how important a quarterback is compared to any other position. uh, It's not even comparable. Yeah, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have much, and and you, know, you can get so far without 
uh, a really good quarterback who can get to the playoffs in a bad division, maybe even a, win a playoff game. You know, the, the Texans have a very, very good roster. They've got a very good defense, but they just haven't had a quarterback. And so, uh, the, yeah, it's, it's always a battle to, to go out there. And, and there's a lot of luck involved, too. I mean, teams like Indianapolis Colts, teams like the Green Bay Packers, go from one Hall of Fame legend basically to the next. And uh, there's a lot of luck involved in that. I mean, most of the times a really, really good team, say uh, an Indianapolis Colts with Peyton Manning, uh, they don't, uh, you know, all of a sudden win, what was it, two or three games uh, in that season where he had his neck his last year in Indianapolis and then get the first pick in the draft and, and then draft a guy who, uh, you know, is one of the best quarterbacks to come out of college in, in years. And so there's a lot of luck involved for the Colts on that. Um, a lot of luck involved in the Packers that they pick up Aaron Rodgers late in round one, and he ends up being you know, probably the best quarterback uh, that, that's playing football right now. Uh, they have they have to go up really high and be the first or second pick and, and give up all types of draft picks or future first-rounders to move up in the draft. They wait till the end of the draft. They, I mean, the Cleveland Browns did the same thing as the Green Bay Packers, except for they got Brady Quinn. Uh, years ago, late in the first round, the Packers got Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, obviously what a difference for those two franchises. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash List. I'm just scrolling down NFL.com here. Speaking of quarterbacks, Peyton Manning to host the 2017 ESPY Awards. I've been wondering about Peyton Manning for a while, and we've we've kind of had this theme recently of quarterbacks getting into media. Manning has not gone that route yet. Manning is almost more in advertising and to some extent comedy. I know he made an appearance on Modern Family this year. Does it seem like Manning is almost getting off into kind of different, more unique ventures? I always thought of him as a football guy through and through, but, you know, maybe he doesn't coach. Maybe he doesn't become a color guy. Maybe he's more interested in in doing some Hollywood-type things. I can see him doing a couple things. Um, I I don't see him being a play-by-play guy. Uh, I don't see him wanting to – just compete at that level at, at, at uh, speaking on there like that. Um, I, I have seen him speak uh, like in motivational speeches. Um, you could tell he's worked with some professionals on how to give a good, you know, 20 or 25 minute or 30 minute motivational speech. I'm sure he's on the, you know, speech circuit and gets paid very well uh, to do that. So I can see him doing things like that. These motivational uh, leadership uh, type speeches around the country. Um, I could also see him being sort of what, um, you know, being, being doing what John Elway is doing. I can see him getting involved within an organization, probably not coaching. I don't think, you know, he's got some young kids. Uh, he spent, obviously, his whole life already on football. Uh, I don't see him doing the coaching side where you're staying up till midnight trying to break down the opponent. Mm-hmm. But I do see him in an Elway-type role Maybe even something where he could get part ownership of an NFL team, which is very rare. But I bet he would have the leverage to do that, you know, to get a couple points of an NFL team uh, and help run the team. And um, and I think he would probably really enjoy that. It was that would be another way he could sort of lead 
uh, a football time, football team without playing quarterback. Do you know if he's still based in Tennessee? I'm not sure. I, I don't know if I, I feel like they might be um, still have a place out in Colorado, out in Denver. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point, they were renting uh, you know, Mike Shanahan's old house, which is a 34,000 square foot house in South Denver. Uh, when Peyton first got to Colorado, that's what he was renting, I think, for the first year there until another house became available or something like that. So, you know, I'm not sure if he's – I know he always had a home uh, in Tennessee, uh, but I, I feel like they still may live, uh, you know, out there in Denver, Colorado. So, in about one hour here, I'm going to be touring the Vikings' new practice facility in Egan. I know we've talked before about how Winter Park is honestly one of the, the older – less flashy practice facilities in the NFL. And I don't really have access to most of the rooms that these players are going to, but I can go to the practice fields and the indoor facility. You can't punt because the ceilings are too low. You've got the film area cutting off half of the end zone. And then outside you've only got goalposts on one end of one of the fields. So there's definitely room for improvement. What do you want as a player most? in a good practice facility? Well, so I would say this. The, the actual practice facility in the current situation at Winter Park is pretty much fine. You know, there are two great football fields. The, uh, the turf grass guys do an excellent job uh, on those fields, and, and they keep them in, in really, really good shape. Even late in the season, they're, they're in pretty good shape. So that, that really isn't the biggest issue. Uh, it is tight over there, but... Uh, I think even the indoor um, with the punting, that's not a huge issue. You know, those guys can easily, you know, a lot of times I know like when I was playing and Cluey was the punter, they would go down to the um, to the Metrodome during the week once or twice and just punt uh, in the Metrodome. They were allowed to do that. So they, they still got their practice in. Uh, I think this new facility, I'm not sure what our listeners know about or what you know about it, but I have seen sort of the uh, the mock-ups and the diagrams and the videos that they have. It's really going to be a, a phenomenal uh, thing. It's it's not going to be just a practice facility. Obviously, it's a part of a whole huge uh, development of uh, yeah. I think of a you know a fifteen or they're hoping a fifteen or twenty-year build-out uh, of this thing. It's a really big project of office buildings and hotels and and conference centers and. Uh, but within that is this Vikings facility. Uh, for work, for one, it's going to have about a, I think about a 10,000 seat stadium, outdoor stadium mm-hmm. uh, that that they're going to use, and they want to use it for all sports. By the way, uh, obviously, you know it's it's the NFL, and they want to promote football, but they want to also just promote uh, you know athletics in, in Minnesota and Minneapolis, and so they're going to have you know soccer games and lacrosse games on some of these other fields that they're going to have out there that they maybe use a lot less, but they can have, you know, maybe a big, a big game or a big tournament um, at these fields. Uh, the, the, the weight room is the weight room they have now is uh, not sufficient to, to be an NFL team. To be honest with you, it's, it's not a lot better than probably a lot of really small colleges. Uh, and it's not, you know, it's definitely when in the off season, the summertime when there's, you know, 80 or 90 players in a team, it is not nearly big enough uh, to fit uh, that even in groups. Um, and, you know, coming from the Texans to uh, the Vikings, I would say the Texans' uh, weight room is probably three times, uh, maybe even more, uh, the size of the Vikings. And so they've got this, they're going to have this amazing weight room. It's going to be all glass. 
um, so people actually that are there for events can look in uh, and, and see the, the facility. And then also, obviously, the, the mean rooms, uh, the team meeting rooms, the individual um, position meeting rooms, all those right now at the Vikings facility are very, very small. Uh, they're, real, they're in a basement. Um, they're, they're, you know, they're basically little cells down there um, in, in the basement. And so I think that's going to be a big change, too, and, and those are going to be much improved and much more space. Uh, they, they've needed an upgrade for a long, long time, and, and uh, they're going to do it right. It's going to be uh, the most impressive practice facility in the NFL. You were traded a couple times, so you didn't hit free agency all that much in your career. But when you toured facilities for the first time and you saw them, did, did that influence at all your thought of, oh, you know, this is a well-run organization or I want to come here to play? You know, do you think that is a real free agency attractor, I guess, having the new facility? Yeah, I, I think it is. I mean, number one, it's really about money. I mean, if the Vikings are offering you $5 million a year and somebody's offering you three and a half, but they've got a million uh, uh, just amazing facilities, you're going to take the $5 million and deal with the bad facilities for a couple of years, and that's just the way it goes. They're not uh, you know, so bad that you can't get your, your work done and you can't uh, get in good shape, and it's, you know, there, there's still weights in there to, uh, to get to whatever work you need uh, you know, accomplished, but uh, I think there is um, there's something about the like the energy of being in a new facility like that. Uh, it sort of goes to show that the you know the ownership will do anything uh, uh, to, for what it takes to win, uh, and they'll you know they'll they'll spend money because they don't need to. They don't. This is not a money maker for them. They can choose to make this as cheaply or as or as well done as possible. And the Welsh are going to spend a lot of money on this thing that they're not going to recover. Uh, because it's a great facility, they're going to recover because it's a great franchise and it helps them win football games down the road uh, and builds their fan base and, and ends up you know putting more money in their pockets. And it sounds like they may turn this into something that produces money for them with these high school spectacles that they have at the new stadium. They might even have a draft event or like day three of the draft might be held at this thing in 2023 i know the vikings are putting in a bid for that so it's going to be a multi-purpose facility and the community of egan is definitely getting a gem and i i know egan high school obviously has their own field but i wonder if they make some kind of push to play there or if regional high schools try to play there regularly i guess we're not sure how they're going to open that up but pretty interesting pretty cool and i'll be touring that here in about the next hour and then we'll have a report on it tomorrow on Lockdown Vikings. I know the location uh, was very strategic in why they were, you know, chose that, that area. Uh, one, they want to be really close to the airport because they are going to have things like a convention or you know, like a convention center, a convention hotel there, um, which I believe the team would be, will be staying at uh, during training camp because, you know, training camp is no longer going to be in Mankato. But I think one issue with uh, Eden Prairie is that you know it's on the sort of the southwest corner of Minneapolis, St. Paul, and you know it sort of left uh, you know no players really lived in St. Paul. I believe Matt Burke lived in St. Paul, and he was about the only player who lived over there. Everybody else lived in uh, Eden Prairie, Minnetonka, a couple guys at Dinah, but mostly in the southwest side of Minneapolis. They wanted to include St. Paul more uh, into the fan base, and so that's why they chose a spot that's really in between Minneapolis and St. Paul. And it's very close to the airport, so you know people that are in, in town for business, uh, they can do some work at those uh, those office spaces and, and at the, that convention hotel.
Fascinating stuff. I can't wait to see it. I mean, I know it's not going to be the spectacle of U.S. Bank Stadium, but I'm really looking forward to what they have to show today. And I know it's not complete yet. They still have another 10 months or so until it opens up, but uh, I think it should be pretty impressive. That's today's show. He's Sage. I'm Sam. Good stuff, Sage. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. It's Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening. Be back with you tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash Hey, Locked On Minnesota listeners, this is Tony Abbott here to tell you about the brand new Locked On Wild podcast, where my co-host Joe Bully and I break down the Minnesota Wild every single day. How can you listen? Just search for Locked On Wild in your favorite podcast app and subscribe to bring Locked On Wild to your device every day.